Today on Ag News Daily. Who would be your dream interview? If anything, probably Secretary Purdue. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday, January 10th. My name is Delaney Howell, one of the hosts for the Ag News Daily Podcast, joined by my co-host, Mike Pearson, and we also are very excited. We're going to be introducing a new voice to you guys today, our spring intern, Madison Honkamp from Winterset, Iowa. That's right. Good Madison County girl. That's We're right. excited That's to have her on That's where you're from, board. too, Mike. Darn right. Proud graduate of Winterset High School, class of 03. Oh, that was Way a while ago. Way back in the day. <laughs> yes, yes. So, I will uh, feel old once we start talking to Madison. Yeah, so do stay tuned. You're going to be hearing Madison's voice on the podcast here over the next couple of months, possibly into the summer if Madison decides she hasn't hated working with us by then. But uh, it's good to know the voices behind the, the podcast and those hostings. So. Right, the story behind the voice. This That's is sort right. of like a, it's like a VH1 behind the music, but just for the Ag News Daily podcast. Hmm. Interesting uh, metaphor for that. I'm full of interesting metaphors. Delaney Howell, I'm also full of some interesting news, as well as some other things. Okay. What are you Tell full us. of today? Hmm. Today I'm full of chicken salad. Chicken salad. Pollo ensalada, as we say in Pollo Espanol. y ensalada, because it was chicken and salad. Oh. Yeah, okay. Well, whatever. What's your news, Delaney? Let's get into the, <laughs> okay, the meat of this deal. It. Let's get into the chicken part of this salad. So, I thought this was pretty interesting, reading through this this morning, um, talking a little bit about the farmer bailout program. As we know, we've got the announcement now that the MFP extension, or we've seen an MFP extension deadline for those producers that haven't applied yet. I thought this was interesting, too. U.S. taxpayers are going to buy about $5 million in pork products from... Brazilian-owned packing plant, meat packing plant, JBS, as part of President Trump's bailout program. This is basically they're going to go through buy surplus meat to use as part of their SNAP and other nutritional programs. But the thing that didn't make sense to me is why are we buying it from JBS? Why are we buying it from... I mean, it's not necessarily coming from Brazil, but I think a lot of it right. could funnel through from Brazil, but no. if this is a American program, why are we buying it from JBS? Because JBS is one of the four packers in this country. I mean, there's just, there's so much consolidation when we look at the meatpacking I know, industry. that is that, true. You know, they end up, they're going to be buying it from somebody who has corporate headquarters outside the U.S. more than likely. Yes. Yeah. So I guess that's why. I just thought it was a little... The meat's all American. Theoretically. No, it is. Because well, no one's going to ship a bull or a steer calf <laughs> from Brazil to the U.S. to get it slaughtered. Right. Right. So it's all American meat. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It just seems like when we have a pro-Trump policy or a pro-America policy, it seems not fishy. That's not the right word, but you get what I'm saying? You're just making a mountain out of a molehill. Right. I understand what you're okay. saying, but our choices are limited when we're looking yeah, at Packers. That's true. Yeah. Well, and while we're speaking of looking at Packers, the first step in getting that delicious, nutritious meat to the Packer is, of course, raising it. And we saw a number of undercover videos that were taken mm, right. you know, really over the past 10 years since cameras got popular on cell phones. Um, PETA activists, these other nut nutbags would go <laughs> and, you know, try to film animal agriculture and then put it online and paint it in a bad light. Well, a lot of states responded to that by creating these so-called ag-gag laws, which were designed to protect farmers 
and animal producers from having people with bad intentions on their property filming mm-hmm. them. Well, right. It would it would basically ensure that you knew people's intentions were only to come and work, not to right. film you or bash you or whatever. Right. But a federal judge, this happened late yesterday in Iowa, no less, ruled that the Iowa ag-gag law was unconstitutional, a clear violation of the First Amendment. And the Animal Legal Defense Fund, which is one of the plaintiffs in the case, they are a uh, animal rights activist, had this to say, quote, Ag-gag laws are a pernicious attempt by animal exploitation industries to hide some of the worst forms of animal abuse in the United States. Today's victory makes it clear that the government cannot protect these industries at the expense of our constitutional rights. Now, I'm a libertarian. I want as little government as possible. But I tell you what, just listening to that guy's quote makes me think we need to rewrite this law in a way that is constitutional and get it passed. I just, I don't care for this guy, ALDF Executive Director Stephen Wells. I don't like you. You're not welcome on my farm, Stephen Wells. It's just a very interesting issue because, of course, there's the First Amendment right issue. Of right. Should we be allowed? Is this limiting free speech or our right to broadcast? But yes. at the same time, it's like, well, I think the thing that surprises me and the reason it got struck down is like when you look at companies like Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby or whatever, those are Christian organizations. They're allowed to decide... For instance, I mean, Chick-fil-A was in the news with, like, the abortion thing or birth control. Mm -hmm. Like, they are private organizations. I feel like farms should be painted in the same light. We are private organizations. We should be allowed to know who we're hiring and employing. Right. And you can still know that. But but you don't know. But if one of your employees decides to shoot a video, they cannot be prosecuted as agricultural production facility fraud. Mm -hmm. That's what was found to be unconstitutional. Interesting. Yeah. 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 You know, so anyway, uh, I don't know. It's just frustrating because there there is no win there. You can't appease animal rights activists. But at the same time, limiting others' constitutional rights is probably not the best way to go about it. So I wonder, listeners, if you've got a smarter solution for how we can, I don't know, expose the bad doers in any industry while at the same time making sure that good people aren't thrown under the bus... Uh, let us know. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter at Ag News Daily. And actually, we had some responses to our question yesterday, <laughs> yeah. didn't we, Delaney? We got a response from our good friend Gary Rasmussen mm-hmm. about his favorite karaoke tunes. Yeah, there were a couple. Yeah. Lonely Eyes. A good, couple of good country tunes. Thomas Rhett songs. Or yeah. Red Atkins songs, I'm sorry. Yeah, so Gary, thanks for that. I think we're going to have to do a Ag News Daily karaoke meetup sometime. Yeah, or just have like an Ag News Daily special edition karaoke version. Oh, I'd love that. That'd be easy and fun. But it'd be, there's no crowd. There's no audience. Half the fun of karaoke is the audience. Have people Snapchat and send it in. That's not the same. I know. It is for millennials. No, I'm a millennial. (laughs) I know, I'm I'm a millennial. I'm an old millennial, but I'm still a millennial. You are. Class of 03 still counts. That's true. You're right on the verge. Right on the verge. Well, Delaney, speaking of on the verge, I've got some news here. The Purdue Ag Economy Barometer came out, and it is down. Producers are walking towards the verge, I suppose. The uh, uh, Basically, uh, we're down seven points on the month. That means producers are feeling less optimistic about the future when they think about where things are going with regard we were to up commodity. for a while and now we were. we're back down we were we were up uh up quite a little bit in the month of november and then december took a step down and then uh 
excuse me, November took a step down, and then Jan- or December took a step down as well. Mm. What other Starting news you got the- for us, Delaney? Well, maybe part of the reason producers aren't feeling uh, super sentimental or happy about the future could be part of part and parcel because of the government shutdown. Mm. Interestingly enough, um, and we learned this today from our intern, Madison, that the government has apparently stopped regulating and checking food and food safety stuff. So the FDA officials are working to get that back in order. Um, they're looking to get inspections back up and running. And they said, quote, we're taking steps to expand the scope of food safety surveillance inspections we're doing during the shutdown to make sure we continue inspecting high risk food facilities, including seafood, soft cheeses, fresh fruits and vegetables. There you go. Spices, shell eggs, formula, et cetera, et cetera. So most stuff is still being checked. That's the important thing here. The American food yeah. system is still very safe. We have the safest food system in the world, despite an occasional E. coli outbreak romaine from romaine lettuce, lettuce yeah. or, you know, a lot of times it's organic production uh, just because of the nature of the fertilizer that's used. So we're still very, very safe. Wash your fruits and vegetables, ladies and gentlemen, and you will be just fine. We yes. don't need Uncle Sam doing everything for us. That's sure. Right. Libertarian stance. We don't need Uncle Sam doing everything for us. Right. Yeah. Right. I always wash my fruits and vegetables. Unless That's I'm feeling good. dangerous. Sometimes I just want to live the rush and I want to feel on the edge and I'll just I'll just take an apple and I'll just bite into it. I, had some I won't even lettuce for lunch. We'll see how that goes for yeah. you. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. You know what, Delaney? You're gonna be just fine. I'm sure I will. Because ninety nine point nine percent of the romaine in this country was just fine. Yeah. All right. Now, if you ate some of bad romaine and you got sick, that sucks, and I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, because that did happen. I'll be calling you if I did. And I'm going to laugh. <laughs> Calling me uh, from the toilet. Um, <laughs> I'll ask if you just ate some Chipotle. Oh. Um, you know, one of the things that producers are also feeling a little down about is, of course, the ongoing trade dispute with China. We talked yesterday. The three-day meeting has come to an end. Got some positive signs, but no real numbers to come out of that meeting. Mm-hmm. However, President Trump was asked today how the meetings were going, and he said, we are having tremendous success in our negotiations with China. He said, quote, we're negotiating and having tremendous success with China. He said, in, and in some ways, China is far more honorable than congressional Democratic leaders Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. Heath says, I think China is actually much easier to deal with than the opposition party, end quote. Nice. So Trump... That's quite the jab. Yeah. Yeah. Really throwing some right hooks in there at the uh, uh, Senate and House uh, minority leadership. Mm -hmm. House majority leadership, Senate minority leadership. All right. Well, speaking of President Trump, he is going to be addressing again the American Farm Bureau Federation's annual convention next week in New Orleans. It's going to be his second year in a row addressing... That conference group. So for any folks uh, heading to that conference, make sure and check it out. You bet. I'm all out of news. Delaney, what other news do you have for us? Um, Just a little bit of news here when we look at what's going on between the EU and the U.S. Of course, we saw on Wednesday afternoon a meeting between the EU and the U.S. to discuss trade. And following that meeting, Tuesday night and Wednesday morning... Um, had a couple of quotes that came out from that, and one of them was that it made very made it very clear from the start that our side was not going to include agriculture, and that has been stated very clearly from the beginning. That was according to Cecilia Malmstrom, the uh, EU Trade Commissioner. So, I would say 
it's not great news for U.S. ag that she continues to be kind of a hardliner when it comes to no ag being involved in a bilateral trade deal there. And then this is kind of a fun piece of news because I know you and I are both big cheese eaters. I'm a big cheese eater. Um, so, in 2017, Americans consumed nearly 37 pounds per capita of cheese. However, it was not enough to reduce the country's 1.4 billion pound cheese surplus. Come on, America. We can do better. 37 point what pounds? We, we consumed 37 pounds per capita. We can do 40, America. <laughs> I believe in us. If 300 million What about when people, you consider people that are lactose intolerant? You got to like make up for those people. Well, and you got to make up for little infant children yeah. who are going to eat 40 pounds. I mean, this is the thing. Those of us who can't eat cheese really need to do our part. We got to eat 60, are you 70, ready for this last 80 pounds fact? plus. Yeah, go for it. So the glut, which at 900,000 cubic yards is the largest in U.S. history and is enough cheese... There's enough cheese sitting in cold storage to wrap around the U.S. Capitol. The entire U.S. Capitol. How thick are we wrapping that cheese? I don't know. That's huh. just a fact. Don't question it. Just yeah, take it. a little factoid. I would say wrap it around and then turn me loose. And I'll have those it. lawmakers out of there in no time. Great. Yep. Then I, That's why I won't be visiting continue. a toilet for years <laughs> if I did true. that. But that is why we continue to see so much uncertainty and uh, not strong prices in the dairy markets. Absolutely. Well, Delaney, speaking of markets, should we jump in and see where the prices are for the day? Let's do that, Mike. All right, folks. And our markets are brought to us by our great friends, the Zaner Group. Give them a call today. Put a marketing plan in place and use them to help stick to it to manage that marketing risk. You can reach them at 312-277-0050 or visit them on the web at zaner.com. We've got some red in the grain markets today, starting with corn, the March corn contract down five and three quarter cents at three seventy six and a quarter. The May down five and a half to finish at three eighty four and a half. Soybeans stepped back off their recent rally, gave back a lot of their recent gains. The January contract down sixteen cents on the day at eight ninety five and a half. The March down seventeen and a quarter to finish at nine oh six and three quarters. Looking over at Chicago wheat, the March contract down six and a quarter cents at five thirteen and three quarters. The May down six and a quarter as well to finish at five nineteen and three quarters. In livestock, a little bit of strength in the live cattle. The February contract up seven and a half cents at one twenty four eighty seven fifty. The April up twelve and a half at one twenty five ninety two fifty. Mixed trade in feeder cattle with the January contract down seven and a half cents at one forty six seventy five. The March up seventeen and a half to finish at one forty five oh seven fifty. And in lean hogs, the February contract up 30 cents on the day at 64.07 and a half. The April also up 30 to close the day at 67.85. And let's see if Delaney's news about the dairy market did us any good. And we do have some greens for the first time in a little while. In class three milk, January contract up three cents at 14.08. The February up 11 on the day to close at 14.43. Without further ado, let's take it over to our interview portion and meet our new intern, Madison Honkong. Folks, well, as we promised, we've got Madison Honkamp from Winterset, Iowa, our new intern at Ag News Daily. Really exciting stuff here. Madison, thanks so much for uh, agreeing to join us on the Ag News Daily team. Tell us a little bit about your background. So I'm actually, so I'm from Winterset, Iowa, as Delaney mentioned, and I grew up doing 4-H and FFA pretty much throughout my entire life. I started as a clover bud, showing bottle calves at county fair, and 
kind of moved up through there and then into high school I started showing goats and we actually had some kids born a couple days ago so that's really exciting um but then yeah throughout high school I was just really involved in FFA and 4-H as well we traveled a lot to like state convention um for both and so now I'm at Iowa State doing ag communications Madison, I am fascinated by goats. I love goats. I think they're crazy cool little animals. What kind of goats do you guys raise? We have Spanish boar goats, so meat goats. Meat goats. Mm -hmm. Now, do you guys finish them and then eat them? No, we sell them. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Um, There's actually a market here in Des Moines for them. Um, uh, A lot of, like, refugees that have come over from the Middle East, Mm. like, they end up buying them, and then so we normally go to small animal sales. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Auctions and so yep, forth. Yep. So you're not, you're not having people show up at the farm no, throwing goats no, in their no, trunk. And, no, okay. <laughs> I've I've heard about that. I, a friend of mine used to sell a. If you'd have a steer get lame, mm-hmm. he'd offer it for sale to you know some of his friends who are recent immigrants, and they'd come out, you know, throw the steer in the trunk <laughs> of their you know Ford Contour and. You know, process yeah. it in the garage. Yeah, we've seen that in Columbus Junction, too. Absolutely. With cattle, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if you've got a minority population or an immigrant sure. population. Yeah. Fascinating. So your ag communications, mm-hmm. what's the long-term goal for Madison Hong Kong? Where do you see yourself at age 30? At 30, um, I really want to be involved in politics and policy. So actually, with my major, my focus area is political science. And then I'm hoping to kind of get some animal science in there as well. But I I just kind of want to be that voice for farmers in the government and to help them, um, you know, come back and help them understand what's going on in Washington and... Um, then also then help everyone in Washington understand what's happening out here in the Midwest and then even further west. Madison, I've got to ask, you mentioned your mom works for the USDA. Is that kind of what sparked your interest in ag policy in particular? Not at all, honestly. I actually wanted to be a Spanish teacher. And then I went to Iowa Girls State one summer uh, after my junior year. And... That is actually what sparked my interest in political science. And then I did a visit to Iowa State just being a political science major. And the advisor that I spoke with, he said, with your background in agriculture, you should really check out the College of Ag. And they actually had a major called Ag and Society, which I did change from. Um, Just because that wasn't my particular area of interest. Um, But that's what sparked my interest the most and then obviously with my mom being in USDA that's helped a lot. (laughs) Now at Iowa State now tell us what year are you at Iowa State? I'm a freshman. You're a freshman so you've been up there a full semester. Yes. (laughs) What have you gotten involved with so far at the college level? So the very first thing I was involved with was dance marathon and so we're still kind of raising money for that and that is in a couple weeks actually. Mm. And then I... For people who don't know what Dance Marathon is, you want to give us the little rundown? Yes, yeah. What are you guys doing? So we are raising money for the Children's, the Family, Deed Family Hospital in Iowa City. We, Iowa State has a MRI room, I believe, that is actually dedicated to Iowa State University Dance Marathon. And that's where a lot of our money goes to, is helping them get that... Um, super, the more advanced technology to help those kiddos over there that are suffering with any kind of illness really 
and yeah to, it's and then any other donation just goes to the hospital to help them up and running and make it easier on those families and you guys dance for how long 15 hours, 15 hours <laughs> you think you could do dance? that mike no i couldn't oh. i couldn't i tried it you did yeah yeah dance marathon oh when i was at iowa state oh i think i might have been a little buzzed <laughs> that's nice i didn't no make it very long there. i raised a little bit of money okay but great. yeah yeah Okay, so the dance marathon, what else are you involved with um, on Iowa State campus? So I actually also rush Sigma Alpha, which is the professional agriculture sorority on campus. And then I'm also involved in Block and Bridal, which is another agriculture um, club, basically. Madison, I'm going to ask you a hard one here. When you look out into the future of agriculture, what do you see as being some areas of challenge that, you know, I mean, you're a couple years younger than me, I'm guessing, but our generation has to tackle um, one that really sticks out is kind of getting older generations to understand the technology. Like in one of my ag communications class that I had this semester, um, we really talked about how a lot of um, older generations, like they don't really understand cover crop or they don't understand like different uses of like fertilizer and they'll just keep going back to like how they were taught when they were growing up and um that was the one kind of areas that we focused on as a challenge is a lot of like um kind of advocates I guess for kind of against agriculture I guess I don't really want to say that but it's kind of what it is um, they kind of see it as that older generation and it's like up to our generation to kind of explain what we're doing for the ag industry and what for the world. Um, and not just watching plants grow like what a lot of consumers kind of believe. Yeah. Yeah. Stick it in the ground and <laughs> mm -hmm. then just grow your money. Exactly. And yeah, yeah. Work for two weeks a year. Mm -hmm. So Madison, with that being said, then how do you think we go about doing that? What's the best way to try and tell these stories or, or reach these people one of the best ways i believe is social media which a lot of people hate social media but it's a great way to um get out into the world and have people see you for who you, for who you are um there was one um guy in my class who actually had his very own hog confinement and he, what he did was he likes to take videos of everything that they're doing and sometimes he'll upload them to YouTube or just post them on Twitter. Like, Hey, this is what we're doing today. This is how the hog confinement works and not, you know, the videos that circulate the web that like PETA puts out. That's right. very negative and very much the minority. Um, so it's, it's mostly just kind of getting out that we are a positive industry and we're not, um, we're not actually harming the environment or animals <laughs> like a lot of um things have uh, come about um but yeah social media is definitely a huge one just because it reaches so many people yeah social media is definitely i mean mike's on twitter all the time all day every day all the time um okay so madison i want to bring it back to talking about ag news daily a little bit here why did you decide to take the internship with us. I'm curious, what do you think that Mike and I are going to teach you? I thought I would learn a lot about just kind of communication, um, talking more. Um, I do get a little nervous while talking, so and it shows sometimes. So just kind of getting comfortable talking to different people and coming up like on the spot about 
answering questions like right now and <laughs> just different things like that. It'll be a little different when we get to interview people and you're the one asking the questions, <laughs> then you get to control the conversation. Yeah, definitely. And I definitely think that that experience with interviewing other people will definitely help me along along the line. So as you're thinking, you've got, you want to get involved in policy. Where do you want to, who would be your dream interview? Who would you really love to just sit down with and, and pick their brain to get on record? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> Perfect. See, that's all um, right. The key, you, you <laughs> held your own just fine right there because the key in radio or audio, whatever it is we do, podcasting, no dead air. Right, you just have to say something, mm -hmm. and I say you've already got it, got it down. That was <laughs> yeah, an off the wall question. You just talk about like random stuff half the time. Yeah, like, you probably just talk to hear yourself talk. I feel like at some point. Yeah, one of the key things you'll learn. And I'm listeners. I'm telling Madison this, but I'm also telling you, if you want to have success in an interview, don't answer the questions that are asked. Answer the questions you Watch wish had yeah. been asked, and then just say, you know, that's a great question, but I want to talk about blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> that's what great politicians do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anybody who's good at interviewing, that's how they do it because it's, uh, you know, you don't know all the answers. Heck, I don't know half the answers, even half of half the answers. We can always make something up. So you think on that question. <laughs> okay. Who would be your dream interview, and we'll see if we can't, you know, try to get it arranged. If anything, probably Secretary Purdue. Yeah, just he's on my list his, too. Just to see what he thinks about everything that's been going on, and that accent. Yeah, he's just exactly. a good Georgia boy, and you talk to him <laughs> for a little bit, and he's just fun to interact with. That was a bad Georgian accent. No, it's a pretty good Sunny Purdue accent, actually. Mm -hmm. It's not quite. It's old about enough. Like, well, no, because I'm only 34. Don't <laughs> I can't, you know. Mike, what else you got for Madison? This is our time to have her on the hot seat. We're going to have plenty of time with Madison on the hot seat. We've got a whole mess of work for Madison to do. She is going to be editing today's episode, so we probably better wrap this up so we can put her to work doing some other stuff. What do you say, Delaney? That's great, Mike. With that, should we let the people go? Let's let them go.